Pro Football Focus releases their top 50 NFL players for 2023. And to no surprise to anybody listening to this podcast, there was a whole bunch of San Francisco 49ers. What did they get right? What did they get wrong? And former 49ers quarterback, Hall of Famer Steve Young, has something very interesting to say about Brock Purdy and why he was so good in his NFL debut as a rookie. All that and more coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks, everybody, for making this your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Shout out to all the everydayers out there and make sure you are one. Subscribe up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay guaranteed fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Croc, what do you think about this top 50 list from the best players in the NFL from Pro Football Focus? And uh, Sam Monson, the uh, the author of, of this thing, and I don't think it should be a surprise to anybody out there to see names like Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Donald at one and two, but it didn't take long for a San Francisco 49ers player to show up on the list, and that was... Trent Williams, the guy that broke the grading system for PFF last year. He's so good. Can we talk about Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch's ability to not only identify talent, because a lot of people can just see talented guys, but identify fit, right? Like, how does this guy fit with what we do? And not just fit, like guys that fit at the highest level. You know, I've talked about uh, Richard Sherman and his ability, right? We're talking about a guy four, five, seven, not the fastest guy having to play cornerback. But when you're drafted in the fifth round, it's like, okay, you know, we'll kind of see what this guy can do. He's a converted receiver. And he goes to the Seattle three scheme and he just fits, right? Just fits like a, like a blanket, like a glove. And it just works all the way to him being a hall of famer. And when you look at these guys for the 49ers, you know, Trent Williams trading for him, he might've fit anywhere, but Nick Bosa might've fit anywhere. But Fred Warner, Debo Samuel, you know, Christian McCaffrey, to the extent in which he fits with the 49ers and what they do, I think that's a special part of it. And I think when you see those guys on that list, again, the, the, the first thing I thought of was, man, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, really good at identifying what fits for the way that they want to build their team. And even when they've had some misses, it's because they're chasing that fit in a lot of ways. Guys like uh, Jalen Hurd, um, and, Who just signed with the New England Patriots? Yeah, I saw that. It was the Patriots? I thought it was. He had a workout with someone else, but then, the yeah, he had a workout with the Texans, yeah. but he signed okay. with the Patriots. Okay, and that shows you that the the Texans brass, D'Amico Ryan's, Bobby Slowick, liked what they saw in San Francisco enough to at least see how his knee was doing and and put him through a workout. But he ends up signing with the, the New England Patriots. Okay, that's an interesting one. Wonder that would have been an interesting fit, like if he his issue again being able to identify talent. I think they they were able to identify the talent and the fit, but just not the injuries. <laughs> that, that, that was the part that didn't quite mesh. 
but I was just talking to someone. This is fresh on my mind, like just his ability and just kind of visualizing how that would fit in the Kyle Shanahan's offense. Man, we look at Juwan Jennings and what he does. Heard at almost six foot five, two hundred thirty pounds is like a jumbo size version of that. Uh, with his blocking ability, and he got in fights because he was so aggressive during training camp. I mean, but he was twitched up for underneath in those free releases. Man, yeah, he would he would have ate. He would have ate. Yeah, former running back running out of catch that big slot position. Uh, you could kind of probably move him around in, in some ways. How I call um, uh, Juwan Jennings more of a tight end almost than a, than a wide receiver at times. Uh, that yeah. was, I think that was the role for Jalen Hurd. Yeah, and ended up going to Juwan Jennings. Um, what one of the things with Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch is how competitive they are. And if there's a guy like Trent Williams, who's the best in the league at his position, they're going to talk, they're going to talk about it. You know, like John's going to say, dude, this is the best dude, Kyle. And Kyle like coached him before. And Kyle will be like, hell yes, go get him. And they will work hard to make that happen. You know, we saw it with Christian McCaffrey. And, And again, with both these players, there was a connection there between, uh, between, Kyle Shanahan and those players. And so they they know enough about them. They know they're the right fit. And so they attack it really hard and 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 they go get that player. And so I think the aggressiveness is sometimes um, I think I, I've accused John Lynch and, and Kyle Shanahan with a lot of their misses in the draft, especially uh, being maybe a little bit naive in the way they go about things. Uh, and they were new. They were both, you know, new to their positions. They'd never been head coach and GM before, before they got those jobs in 2017 with the 49ers. And they've learned some things. They learned some things with the injuries. Jalen Hurd uh, and Javon Kinlaw, they were both hurt through the draft process, right? That, that Those injuries weren't a new thing. And I think they're kind of learning about that now, too. It's like, okay, we can't take chances on this because hurt college player means hurt NFL player. Um, but they're they're really aggressive in going after those players that are really good and do fit. And I don't think 49ers fans should be surprised anymore. If the 49ers go out and land big fish and they did it again with John Hargrave in the off season. Now his fit is going to be very interesting, right? To see exactly like, how does he fit? What what do they see his role being? I mean, it sounds like kind of a three tech or maybe even like a zero at times, but however they use him. and, and, And I think this is where maybe, Sometimes I give the 49ers too much credit for damn near every move that they make, but I'm yeah. always in my head thinking like, well, yeah, they'll figure it. They'll figure it out. They'll figure out how to utilize them. And there's some guys where they could figure out how to utilize them. You you talked about Jalen Hurd, and we know it's more injuries, but Solomon Thomas. And I know he dealt with some off the field stuff with you know tragic e- events, and you know those are those are always really deal with I lost my father when I was with the Jets, and and I remember what that did to me mentally. Really kind of had me checking out for a minute, but. Uh, you know, overall, you know, they couldn't really figure out like, okay, where does Sally work best? We want him to play in and, and physically he's gifted to be able to do that, but that's not really a skill set. So let's put him inside and there's uh can't never really figured it out. Yeah. So we have seen those misses as well, where they are maybe trying a little too hard and maybe they should kind of go away from, maybe they should go away from, I guess at the top of drafts, just go more talent Yes. over yeah scheme right i mean because yeah. i mean think it, yeah, Javar, yeah, draft, it, it mean, draft on, uh, at the top yeah no i totally yeah. agree with that yeah ken law yeah but i mean even mike mcglinchy mm-hmm. and he was good but it was like man you got all pros that you passed up on because you didn't just go talent mm-hmm. you went more fit with he's a good run blocker and he can get out on the move and all that instead of just going well 
Mika Fitzpatrick is arguably the best defender in this draft. You know, Derwin James is really a special safety, you know? <laughs> like, it doesn't matter what scheme those guys are in. Like, they're going to be ballers regardless. And if I remember correctly, I think John Lynch, a couple years after that draft, was asked about it. And I think he did mention that Derwin James was that was the best grade for him. Oof. So he would have been the pick, I think. I would have to go find that. Listeners out there, let us know if you can find that clip. That's at BD Peacock, at Eric underscore Crocker. Find us on all the socials. Drop a comment on YouTube. Uh, Croc, we're going to get a little deeper into this PFF list. It didn't take very long for the next 49er to show up either after Trent Williams at number three. And that is not to anybody's surprise, Nick Bosa. Where is Christian McCaffrey on this list? And a ton of San Francisco 49ers make the top 50, according to Pro Football Focus, in the NFL this season. Next. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is sponsored by BetterHelp Online therapy and i know everyone needs a little bit of help and sometimes you need that that little map to go forward in your life and sometimes you are a little uncertain about where you are where you're going where you want to be what is the right path to get there and how to get through it all and navigate the choices in your life we're always faced with tough choices every single day and the path forward isn't always clear whether you're dealing with decisions around career relationships uh, just about anything else therapy helps you stay connected to what you really uh, want while you navigate life. Croc just talked about losing his father while he's in training camp with the Jets, the biggest opportunity of his life. And then that gets matched with the biggest life event of losing a, a parent. And, and how hard is that to get through? And he talked about how he checked out and everybody needs some therapy sometimes to help you get through those types of life moments and trusting yourself to make the decisions that align with your values. Uh, like anything else, the more you practice, the easier it gets. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash on. In some ways, Croc, maybe even disrespectful to have Nick Bosa all the way down at number six. I think Nick Bosa, I've said it before, is the most important player to the San Francisco 49ers. Is he better necessarily than Trent Williams is at his position? No. Um, and he's not the... You don't think so? I, I think Tr Trent Williams is probably the best player at his position on the 49ers. But I think Nick Bosa is a more impactful player because of the position he plays. And I would pick, if I was drafting of 49ers, I would pick Nick Bosa 1.1. I think also this is, you know, PFF, which some of the things are a little bit more analytically driven. And we all know the season that Trent Williams just had, which is crazy. Trent Williams, we look at him as just, oh, he's just the best, right? And it's like, dang, he's getting old. But it just doesn't feel like it because you don't see any drop off in his play. <laughs> like the only thing you have to worry about is those two games that he's just likely going to miss because he just doesn't play full seasons. But outside that, I mean, he, he's terrific. So when I say, you know, better than, you know, Nick Bosa, like Nick Bosa is at the peak of his powers. He, like he may never be better than what he'll be this season, right? Like just at his peak. Yeah. And Trent Williams is like, it's like, is this dude still peaking? <laughs> it's interesting because with, Nick Bosa's physically talented, but he's not as freaky as the guy right in front of him at number five. So Nick Bosa come in at number six on the top 50 right ahead of him is the first edge rusher. Number five is miles Garrett. 
And when you see them both walk in the room, you would say, I'll, t- I'll probably choose Miles Garrett. And Nick Bosa is not as fast. He's not as long. He's not as tall. Uh, he's probably not as powerful. But, man, his technique is so good, and he maximizes everything. He gets out of his body. Um, and I would probably say that Trent Williams is probably more like Miles Garrett, where he's just more freakishly talented. And we can see Miles Garrett continue to get better and better and better. And I still don't think we've maybe seen the best of Miles Garrett either. So maybe Miles Garrett career arc is more like Trent Williams was, whereas Bosa just came out of the blocks as a, I mean, as a rookie, can you ever seeing a rookie that impactful and just that good from day one as Nick Bosa was? You've talked a lot about the record with, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Or you say, you know, people talk about the record with Jimmy G and they're like, well, look at Nick Bosa's record. Like when he's on the field because it's even better than Garoppolo's record. So yeah, clearly super impactful. And he's been impactful every time he stepped on the field with the 49ers. More impactful than Miles Garrett. I'd say he's been on better teams. We're going yeah. to we're going to find out a lot about Miles Garrett this year cuz this might be the best team heading into the season that he's had with, you know, Deshaun Watson being there now for two seasons but, you know, got to play some games. Okay, he has a full offseason. Uh you have Chubb in the background. I mean, in the backfield, he he's arguably the best running back in the NFL. You know, to some they might say he is like the best between him, Josh Jacobs, Christian McCaffrey. You know, they got receiver Amari Cooper. They got a, another two receivers with uh, uh, People's Jones, and there's one other one that's like solid. So, I mean, they have this might be the best Denzel Ward on, on at the corner, Greg Newsom on, on the other side. Like, this might be their most talented team. So, we're gonna find out, like, is it Nick Bosa or you know, like, because Nick Bosa's just been good. That's all, he, all we know is him being good, and all we know is hit 49ers winning with Nick Bosa on the field. I don't know enough about Miles Garrett personally. Um, but I almost get the feeling he's a little too nice. He is a um, he's oh, one he of those from uh, who's the quarterback that he beat over the head with his with his helmet was um, <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, uh, Rudolph the, Kyle Rudolph uh, not no, Kyle uh, Rudolph 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 yeah. though Randolph Rudolph right yeah yeah from Oklahoma State yes uh so but aside from that he's a very uh, so he's freakish I don't know if you've ever seen him play basketball. He's a, just just see like he's he's one of those f- true freak freaks of nature and there's a lot of them in the NFL J- just unreal like rolled out of bed at 15 years old and you, you see him in high school and it's like wh- how the heck can this guy be playing the same field with these other kids it's like yeah. completely unfair it was just it's just nuts like whatever DNA like he was like a science experiment where he just got like a, the extra DNA thing and all of a sudden you know but then got shipped off somewhere and we never heard about him and uh do you remember did you ever see the movie the 80s movie Twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny yeah Lee? yeah yeah that's what he is he's like the, the I wonder if there's like some other guy who got the the rough end of the stick with the DNA and and it all it all went to uh, Miles Garrett yeah he, he has like this scrawny little brother the, yeah. now the one thing that's different about him right because you see him and he's like this big monstrous person you talked about him being a little nice he likes that one stuff um the the anime he's super into anime mm-hmm. so it's like this big six five 275 280 pound all muscle guy that's like wants to know about Pokemon and <laughs> Dragon Ball Z <laughs> I like it though. I like it. He's a little nerd in him. Um, Fred Warner comes in at number 14, the third San Francisco 49er in the top 50, uh, an 85.7 overall grade last year from pro football focus is good across the board. And uh, he allowed a 88.8 passer rating into his coverage 
which was more than 15 points lower than the average at the linebacker position and generally targeting linebackers in the passing game is uh, pretty fruitful for teams. And it's really the way the league has gone. With linebackers in coverage, it's always kind of weird to me because especially depending on the, the system, like there, it's not like they're a man coverage cornerback who is like, all right, hey, you have him. And then, you know, they throw it to the guy and you either break up the pass or you give up a catch. A lot of linebackers, especially with the 49ers, is kind of dropping into a zone, kind of spot dropping, keeping things in front of you. Okay, they caught the ball. Let me rally down and make a tackle. So it's hard for me on the grading scale with some of these, you know, LBs, how they do it. I say the same thing with Nichols, too. Nichols, the same thing. They drop, they do a lot of spot dropping, keep things in front of them, rally down, make a tackle. So the completion percentage against Jimmy Ward is probably going to be higher than the completion percentage uh, for, for an outside corner like Traveris Ward or even uh, uh, D'Amador Lenore. It, it's just kind of the way that's kind of set up in the middle of the field with those guys, a lot of ground and cover. So I don't hold it against any linebacker that might have a higher uh, passer rating against him. But just seeing the impact of Fred Warner, and clearly PFF feels it and understands it as well, his ability to turn around with anyone, some of the things they ask him to do out in space against uh, speedy receivers, vertically pushing down the field, uh, you know, and then him running sideline to sideline. And I don't even think that's his biggest impact. I think his biggest impact is the attitude he brings on a play-to-play basis. And and I just I just see that energy permeate throughout the rest of the defense where it's like almost infectious to where we've seen Dre Greenlaw. And I think Dre Greenlaw, you know, sometimes take, takes a little bit overboard. But, you know, we see them just take on that same mindset as well. It might have started with Quan Alexander. I think that might have been where it's like, hey, we all play with Quan. We see how Quan plays. He plays with a certain level of tenacity, energy. Fred Warner picked up on it. Greenlaw picked up on it. But I think that's the biggest, probably one of the biggest compliments. You know, you talk about be a football player. Man, he looks like a football player out there. I just love the way Fred Warner plays. The hot boys. The hot boys. I'm just hot. <laughs> uh, we have George Kittle showing up at number 39 on the list. And um, what? Tra- Travis Kelsey was number four, I think. And so I don't know, man. I think there's a closer, it's closer between the two, but clearly Travis Kelsey, a better receiver. But how about this? Last year, passes thrown Kittle's way generated a passer rating of 140 for his quarterback. Mm. We saw a lot of that with one Brock Purdy, we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, throwing the ball George Kittle's way. Keep target. Kyle, 12 targets a game for George Kittle. I think a lot of that was the lack of targets that he gets and then the influx and touchdowns that he caught. So, and, and a lot of it was off of, some of it was off of kind of like uh, late and down, uh, broken plays from Brock Purdy. Not even just, oh, I'm just drawing up this play. I'm just going to throw it to George Kittle. It's like, all right, let me kind of look, okay, go through my read, okay, like, let me move around, boom, let me hit George Kittle for a touchdown. And I think, you know, Kittle's like, hell yeah, keep doing some more of that. And when you look at Travis Kelsey, you talked about him being at number four. Well, how does he get a lot of his work? How does he get a lot of his targets? A lot of his broken plays where it's just like, oh, I'm supposed to be running this way, but then Mahomes moved this way, so I'm just going to scramble that way. You can't really cover that. And I'm going to catch the ball. And then he's really good kind of after the catch, which is kind of weird how he does it because he's like he's not just faster than everybody, but he kind of slithers through a little bit, and all of a sudden he's in the end zone. It's really weird. But I think George Kittle, he might be able to benefit by a quarterback that can move better back there, whether it's 
I mean, it, it could be any of the three 49er quarterbacks, but guys that aren't just stationary to where the play has to be in rhythm. I think now him being able to add that kind of playmaking ability with Brock, with Trey, with Sam Darnold, I think that might help him move up a little bit more on this list. What if – so, yeah, basically what you're saying is if Travis Kelsey had to play, continue playing with Alex Smith at quarterback, or he was playing with Garoppolo, and George Kittle had a different quarterback, say Patrick Mahomes, uh, we might see a little bit of different uh, receiving numbers from those guys. I think we would see one of the best tight ends of all time if you put George Kittle with Mahomes. I don't disagree. And not just because it's Mahomes. It's just his style, his play style. Play style. It works for a tight end who's able to, to get open and, and – He's so fluid. He's an underrated route runner. It has a, something to do with the offense too. And I get it. He's a tr- tremendous blocker. But, I mean, he's really kind of an undersized tight end from a weight standpoint. Yeah, I mean, when you watch him, you watch his workout he's, stuff, he's he looks like a receiver. Wider. Yeah, he is. That's what he is, a bulked-up wide receiver. Uh, you know who else is a, a wide receiver? Practically, that's Christian McCaffrey. He comes in at number 44. He led the league in PFF receiving grade at running back with a 92.4 receiving grade. Uh, They said he was virtually unstoppable within the offense because of that. But I think he doesn't rank as high because his running uh, grades weren't as high as other players like Derrick Henry and some others in the NFL at the position. But I was was surprised to see Christian McCaffrey as low as 44. As many 49ers are on this list, nobody has six. 49ers in the top 50 but uh I don't know maybe we're nitpicking that this list that some guys like Christian McCaffrey could have been even higher I would say if you would have told me that you know McCaffrey and Fred Warner were flip-flopped I would be like okay yeah that like you know that makes a lot of sense McCaffrey mm-hmm. at 14 and 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 uh uh Fred Warner at 44 so, yeah, it does feel a little low for Christian McCaffrey, especially because of his impact. But you talked about the rushing, and there were several games where he was averaging, like, less than four yards per carry, which yeah. isn't ideal. But then he'd have, like, these explosive games. And then he'd have, you know, a lot of catches in the game where he'd have six catches or five catches. So, but from a, just a pure running standpoint, there was a conversation I know you and I talked about it where it's like, Elijah Mitchell kind of looks like the better runner of the two, but you know, even though you know, I mean, there were there were those there were those games where you know you could have that conversation. Obviously, I mean, Elijah Mitchell averaged six yards a carry, but it yeah. was you know when he was just running the rock, he looked good, he looked sweet, he's picking up yards, and then you look at the box score, and I'm not not to be a box scout type guy, but it's like, dang, Cavalier averaged less than four yards per carry, and then you see Elijah Mitchell doing what he's doing, and it's like. It's just a little interesting. So, but then he have a game where he's explosive, and then he had to run like he did in the NFC Championship game, where he's just like, forget, it, I'm just gonna put the team on my back and run through five guys into the end zone. So clearly, he's a special runner, but I don't think it was as consistent as we think. You know, uh, from a game to game basis, there there were some times where him and Mitchell active at the same time, which was few and far in between. I think Mitchell only played five games, but there were some times where it was like. Mitchell was the one kind of finishing off games and he had the good yards per carry and maybe teams were worn down, but he just, it, in those moments, in those games, it looked like Mitchell might be the better just runner, but McCaffrey clearly just the better football player. Christian McCaffrey, wide back. Uh, speaking of, Croc, the sixth and final 49er on PFF's top 50 next, plus what Steve Young had to say about young Brock Purdy next. 
Thank you once again, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you are subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts and check out the rest of the network has to offer like the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Myself and former NFL scout Matt Williamson breaking down the entire league daily. I like seeing this one because I think Debo Samuel is so unique. It's hard to put him in a category and he deserves to be in the PFF top 50. And he did show up on this list at number 50. And as Sam Monson puts, and I wish we could have had Sam Monson on the show. We were actually trying to get him on and, and uh, it didn't work out because last week we were on vacation croc, but uh, Debo Samuel, one of one, a unique player that has also found the perfect coach to maximize his talents he led the league in led wide receivers in the NFL with 36 broken tackles last year. And that was him playing by his own admission, awful and out of shape last year. So I can't wait to see Debo. And speaking of camp, I think that's what's going to be one of the talking points in camp this year is Debo being in shape. He had a nice little workout photo the other day. And we talked about how this part of the season is like, uh Oh, he's been in the lab. He did look pretty lean. And, and that's a great sign for the 49ers. He, he looks lean er. You know, I talked about he looked before we came on here. Big, but it didn't look like there was extra weight on him. Put it that way. Before we came on here, uh, you and I were talking a little bit about working out, and I talked about how you know I can work out by myself, but the intensity isn't quite there. Just with kind of pushing myself those extra, you know, few reps, and I, I'm I'm like looking for that. I need that uh, to become the best version of me physically. It it looks like Debo has been working out. But I do think that there's someone who can challenge the intensity of his workouts so that he truly becomes the best physical version of himself. So that's not to say that he looks bad right now. I mean, we're, I'm judging off of, of a few still shots, photos. But I always remember Rookie Debo and what he looked like. And, and he, was, he was just a little leaner, just a little leaner. So uh, regardless, I mean, we saw him last year, and you talked about not being the best version of himself but still being a special talent and statistically not quite there. Uh, missed some games, only had around 600 yards with two passing touch, uh, rece- touchdown receptions. That doesn't sound like a Debo Samuel season, especially coming off of a almost 1,800-yard, 14-touchdown season. But if he's anything better just consistently on the field, I, I mean, I see him like far surpassing any numbers that he put up last year. And I've – if you told me that he doesn't have 1,200 yards at the end of the year, 1,200 yards, eight pass-catching touchdowns, excuse me, I, I'd be surprised. Just receiving, you're talking. Just receiving. And that's with a few hundred other maybe rushing yards. 1,200 yards. And I get I get the not a whole lot of balls go around, but I think because of his style and how you utilize him, and I want to say nobody caught more passes within like two yards of the line scrimmage than Debo Samuel last year, or his like average depth of target was like crazy low. That, that's fine, but just get the ball in his hands because he can take that 80 yards. And I think he's going to have a lot of those type of opportunities. I do think that he's still, and again, we'll, we'll see. Anyone that's listening to this right now, the thing I'm going to be looking for as it pertains to Debo Samuel is what, what uh, I used to say with one of my older uh, co-hosts, Rob Louder, shout out to Rob Louder, but do wide receiver things. And I get it, he's a wide bat. But, it, you know, just really tighten up on the route running vertically down the field. And I think Kyle Shanahan, a lot of times, 
if he doesn't feel like you're doing those things, he's going to use you in this drastically different way. And I think that's why we saw so many passes near or at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage for Debo. But show Kyle that, like, dude, I can I can really, really work these 10 to 20 yards like I did when I was a rookie because he was doing that. I was watching some highlights from his rookie year against Seattle, and he was running like 20-yard comeback, work back to the ball, caught the ball, cut up field, broke five tackles. I'm like, whew, he, he looked different. So I would love to see that version of him. I know he has it in him. And he talked about last year not being a great year for him. But I I want to see that. I, I hope what, what we're gearing up for is 2019, 2000, even 2021, but really more so 2019 version of Debo. I think as a pure receiver, that was probably still the best version of him. Steve Young said something interesting about Brock Purdy that really stood out to me. Being somebody who grew up watching Star Wars, especially, you know, but hearing Steve Young talk about Brock Purdy and saying that that it's it's the force, he's got the force in him. And this is this is something that I love hearing a Hall of Fame quarterback say it because I think it's there's something that is special about certain players and people, and especially at quarterbacks, because all the mistakes that are made at quarterback with all these first round picks that don't turn out they're tall and they're athletic and they've got a big arm, right? That's it. It's, it helps to have those things, but that is not it playing quarterback in the NFL. And Steve young knew it and it took him a while to figure it out. We saw it with Joe Montana for years, right? Brock Purdy has is strong. The force is strong with Brock Purdy. I think that's a really interesting way to look at Brock Purdy. And, and it's helpful to look at it that way because it's a lot easier to say, you know what, all the rest of the stuff, it's important. But it doesn't matter as much as this. And if the force is strong with you, you've got an advantage over everybody else. I think the biggest force that I think makes him a little bit different than some of the other guys that might be kind of physically like him with some of the same mental makeup is that he has the ability to make plays off script. And I think that's the that's the difference maker there. I don't know if from a processing standpoint you know, throwing the ball, arm strength, the way he sees the field, like, is it better than Nick Mullins? Like, I think Nick Mullins, it was just how he prepared all those things. Like, he truly understood. They say he was the smartest quarterback in the room, and he was able to make those throws and do those things. It led him to be the – have the third most passing yards in his first 16 starts ever. Right. Right. Like, there's only two other quarterbacks that have more passing yards in their first 16 starts than Nick Mullins. It was like Mahomes, Peyton Manning. Nick Mullins or something like Nick that. Nick Mullins, of course, right? And the difference between the two really is more so Mullins was kind of a statue. He was a statue in the pocket. And when you look at Brock Purdy, where maybe something might not be there or he's not a little comfortable in it, he doesn't have to panic and throw the ball and potentially throw an interception. He makes moves, and he's able to make guys miss, and he's able to throw off platform. And do all those things. And I think that that's the biggest difference maker, in my opinion. So, I mean, you could say the force is strong and all that type of stuff that Steve Young was talking about. But I see somebody who has figured out how to play within his skill set. And it has allowed him to be very efficient in the offense with a lot of playmakers and Kyle Shanahan. And then do that little extra that is needed to be probably what he was, which was an, an undefeated quarterback. Now, can you hold that up? I, I don't know. But uh, you talked about some of the guys that might be more talented, right? Like the big, strong, fast, uh, big arm quarterbacks. 
I think the difference with those guys is they can look into an MVP season, which you you know like a Cam Newton or even like a Jalen Hurts who is like you know up for MVP where he's not the purest of throwers, but it was like man I can kind of figure out how to get by because I'm just physically gifted at these things. I'm not sure that Brock is that, but whatever he is, when you talk about that force that is with him, it's a it's a match with Kyle Shanahan. And I think that's what makes the force so strong. The, the work ethic, the, yeah. the leadership, the uh, and then just that added ability to to move and make plays. And that's the difference. That, to me, that's the, really the difference between him and Nick Mullins. I'm going to get a lot of slack. I know I'm He's read Nick it. Mullins with mobility. Crocker. I can't wait. At Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter. Uh, what's your threads handle? What's your Instagram? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But I will say this. I don't think Nick Mullins is a bad quarterback. Like, I think Nick Mullins was in more of a bad situation. Like, he was playing – you didn't have the number one defense. You 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 had uh, Nick Bosa hurt week two. You know, you didn't have uh, a healthy Debo. You didn't have a healthy George Kittle. You know, even Trent Williams had missed games that year. So it was like what Nick Mullins was working with wasn't as ideal. So I don't think Nick Mullins is bad. I think we would have seen a better version of Nick Mullins if he had a full deck card. Or even if it just – Give me the number one defense to where I don't have to force these things and, and turn the ball over and just George Kittle and then Christian McCaffrey and I'll be good. Just give me those guys. I don't even need Debo. Okay, I got Ayuk. I'm going to throw the ball to him and Kendrick Bourne. Maybe that's the force. Maybe the force is having Trent Williams and Kyle <laughs> Shanahan and Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk. But yeah, but that's not fun. Like that's not, <laughs> it's not fun to say that. I think the outsiders, if you ask, here's the thing. If you ask other people, right, like not anybody associated with the 49ers, ask other people, like, what do you think about Nick, uh, uh, Nick Mullen? I about call him Nick Mullen. Brock Purdy, man, he won every game as a starter. Well, you, you remember what Matt Williamson, my co host for the Peacock and Williamson the NFL show, we were talking about that week one matchup, the Steelers and the 49ers. And he was like, he's like, I, oh, I would take Kenny Pickett all day over Brock Purdy. I would love to see Kenny Pickett in, with Kyle Shanahan's offense, with Trent Williams blocking for him, with Debo Samuel, with basically all the things I just said. That that so, and I was like, well, Brock Purdy played a lot better than Kenny Pickett. Both of them as rookies. One was the first quarterback drafted. One was the last quarterback drafted. Um, I would personally take Brock Purdy because I haven't seen anything special out of Kenny Pickett. I didn't really see anything special about him uh, as a college player either. But uh, that was sort of the argument from from Williamson, and I understand that argument. The, the, I think that would be the argument for most people. Now what? Steve Young said, right, and I'm going to kind of cover my tracks a little bit so people don't kill me too much. He said that, hey, man, I'm not going to set any limitations on this guy. Like, there's, there's no limitations. Just let him cook. And I think that with this team, Brock Purdy will be able to cook. I think you can let him loose, and I think he can cook with this team. And that's not a slight at him. I mean, it's, it's just so far what, what I see now. We're talking about I'm, – I'm talking about a, a rookie, right? I mean, and I know he's going into his second year. He was a rookie last year. So it's not – what I'm seeing right now isn't the final – it's not even the final version of what he potentially can be. I mean, like anybody else, we would say, man, this is just the start. So in two years from, you know, two years from now, three years from now, four years from now, when he truly understands and he truly gets what he's seeing from opposing defenses and he truly has that mastered, like what does Brock Purdy look like then? 
And that can be a very special quarterback. That could be a shoot, that could be a Drew Brees. You know? So uh, there's still, I mean, there's a there's a really lot to like. When you start talking about that force, I can see why somebody was like, man, limited action, didn't even get in the offseason, didn't really, you know, get any reps until because you even as a backup quarterback, you ain't getting no reps in practice. You're you're getting reps on scout team. So, you know, finally getting some first team reps, and it's like, man, he came in and did some very special things and played very well. So I'm excited to see if he can continue it. Again, I still think it's Nick Mullins that that can move, but I like Nick Mullins. And I think that's the difference between Nick Mullins being a backup quarterback and still a backup in the NFL and was a good backup for the 49ers. And Nick Mullins being a potential starter, he can't move. He's more of a statue. Brock Purdy has that, and I think that has allowed him to really excel in this Kyle Shanahan offense. Good stuff, Brock Purdy. So if Brock Purdy cooks, uh, he's going to be like a chef. Does that make him Wolfgang Brock, maybe? That'd be a <laughs> that's good. We got to workshop that one. That's not gonna. It's not gonna cut it. Plus, Russell Wilson already did the cooks thing. I think we got. I know that's that. why. When I heard Steve Young yeah. say that, I was like, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, we don't cook. We don't cook in San Francisco. We grill out. I hope that people, when they hear me say this, they just look at it from a different perspective. Not oh, that Croc I mean, thinks that they're yeah. not even hearing this part. They already cut out to. They're typing away at you right now. Right now, huh? They're not going to. They've already said it. Crockwood, Nick Mullins, Nick Mullins. <laughs> I don't have. I got a new mixer. I don't have the button right now. I got to get that back. Uh, Nick uh, Mullins. I, I think Nick Mullins is good. Uh, I, I think he's a good backup. I think if he could move, he might be a starter. Oh, third most yards in the first t- sixteen starts in the history of the NFL. Don't be talking bad about Nick Mullins. All right, find us on the socials. Thanks everybody for making us your first listen. Uh, let Croc know what you think about his comments about uh, Brock Purdy being mobile, Nick Mullins, and we'll be back with you tomorrow, just as we are every day right here at Lockdown 49ers. Subscribe to this video.